Pastor Chris's podcast. Have your kids ever scared you? <laughs> All the time. Sometimes in ways that you didn't expect it. <clears throat> I remember many years ago, Abigail was just uh, probably maybe two years old at the time. And um, we went to sleep that night and she went to sleep in her bedroom. We were sleeping really good. And then somewhere, probably maybe three o'clock in the morning, I was sleeping so good when all of a sudden, I, for some reason, I opened my eyes and was just startled to see these two blue eyes and blonde hair standing just a couple inches from my face in the middle of the night. And... Uh, startled me at first and then quickly realized that it was my two-year-old daughter who must have had a nightmare or gotten scared in the dark in the night and had come into our room and just sort of crept up nice and quietly to be a couple inches from my face. So, um, of course, we welcomed her into the bed with us and she slept there and snuggled up and went back to sleep. We do that for our children when they're scared, Right. We want them to be with us. And for some reason, we don't want to be alone when we are afraid. When we are afraid as kids, we run to our parents or someone strong who can protect us. When we are afraid because we're facing an unknown or an uncertainty, we want the company maybe of those who have faced that situation. Maybe you're facing a knee replacement surgery and you're scared about what that is going to be like. And so maybe you find comfort in talking to someone who's been through that before and they can share with you how, yes, it was painful, but then they came out on the other side. And, and that gives you hope to know that someone else has gone through it and, and you can go through it too. Sometimes we, we just don't want to be alone. We don't necessarily need anyone to say anything or tell us anything at all, give us any advice. We just want them to be there with us. To not be alone when you're afraid can be a comfort. But today, I want to assure you that you are not alone in your fear. The scripture for today is a very short one. It comes from Hebrews 11, chapter 1. <clears throat> where it says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Faith is a key to so much in life because we can't see what the future holds. We don't know what tomorrow brings, let alone next week or next year. We hope for something good and the Bible says that God has good plans for us, but we can't see the good that will come. And we can't see the God who promises to give it to us. And that's where faith is key. Faith shows us the reality of what we hope for. We hope that God is good, that he loves us, that he has the power to do good for us. That is our hope. And faith shows that it is true. Faith is the evidence. Through faith, through the lens of faith, we can see the love and power of God through all of the events in life. Faith is the way that we can look at what happens and through that lens we can interpret it to show it that God is, loves us, that God is helping us. Through the lens of faith, we can even sometimes look at 
when difficulties come or bad things happen, and we can say that even in that, God is there with us. And maybe uh, God will help us. Maybe the, the, the difficulty came because God was going to use it to help us. Maybe the difficulty or the trouble or the tragedy had nothing to do at all. It wasn't God's purpose and will, but somehow through faith we can see that God will take that and use it. He will take a bad thing and turn it around and use it as a good blessing for us. But faith is what allows us to see that. Not everyone has that faith. Some people who lack faith look at all of these things that we see and they they look at it and they don't see God's hand at work in it. For them, it is either unrelated or it says that um, they are in trouble or that God is angry with them or that, that, that there's no God at all. So they don't have that faith that helps them to see God's hand at work. We have to have faith, Scripture tells us. Because through the lens of faith, we can see the love and power of God working for us. And then... We only read from the 11th chapter, the first verse in Hebrews. But if you go through that whole chapter, it lists a long list of people whose faith helped them to do amazing things. All of these famous people from the Bible, Noah, who built an ark and saved the animals and his family and really the whole world from the flood. Abraham, who left his homeland And went to a promised land where God said, I'm going to give you so many descendants, you won't even be able to count them. Sarah, his wife, who was able to have a child even though she was barren and too old. By faith, Moses was saved from the Nile River and raised by Pharaoh's daughter. And later by faith, Moses delivered the Hebrews from slavery in Egypt. By faith... Joshua led the Israelites to conquer Jericho and all of Canaan. By faith, Rahab, who was one of those Canaanites, was saved from destruction and became one of God's chosen people because she believed in the one true God. And thus she became the ancestor of King David of Israel. And later on down the line, the ancestor of Jesus the Messiah. By faith, all of these people did amazing things because they trusted God and he helped them. But there are other people mentioned in that chapter too. People whose life story did not have a happy ending, at least not by the world standards and not in this life. Some of the people listed were scorned, some were abused or tortured, or even murdered because they had faith in God. But even for them, by faith, they understood that they were not defeated because God vindicates them in the afterlife. Their faith was such that that they believed that even if they lost their life, even if they lost in this world, that God would not let them lose for all eternity. And so these faithful martyrs from the past faced persecution and death willingly. They believed in God's goodness and trusted him even to the point of death. 
Hebrews 11.35 says they place their hope in a better life after the resurrection. And so now they have it. By faith, we need not feel sorry for them. We might could even say that we envy them because they are in glory with God now and they have received a, a glorious crown for their faithfulness despite being faced with death. Through faith, we can see that God didn't abandon our world even though our sin was so terrible. For as John 3.16 tells us, God loved the world so much he sent his one and only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Faith is the key to so much in life. You have to have faith in yourself. You think about it, right? I mean, what do you call someone? Um, we would call someone conceited if they never did any work on themselves and they never did any training and they never did any preparing, but they went out and they thought they were going to conquer the world and they were just the best thing since sliced bread. That's not a good thing. Faith isn't blind. Faith in ourselves isn't blind. First, we have to take the time to prepare ourselves and to train and get ready. But then if we have done the work to prepare and then we go out, you have to believe in yourself that you can do it. Because no matter how hard you work to get ready, if you walk out the door and you don't believe in yourself, you're probably going to fail. You've already started with a deficit. You have to believe that you have done the work and you can do what you're called to do. But the world that we live in is not, we're not going through this life as lone rangers. We have to depend on other people. We can't do it all by ourselves. So not only do we have to have faith in ourselves, we also have to have faith in the people around us. That they're there, that they're going to they have our best interest in mind, that they're going to um, be there for us when we need them, and that they're going to help us along the way. We have to have faith in those around us. That's why it's so important that in life you surround yourself with people you can count on, people who are worthy of the faith that you put in them. Because who you surround yourself with has so much influence over your life. But it's important that you have faith in yourself and faith in others around you, but it has to be more. You have to put your faith in something bigger than yourself and mere people. And the Bible teaches us that we have to put our faith in God. Because a lot of times in life, we're called to do things that are more than what we can do on our own. If you only ever trust in yourself and the people around you, you will never reach the full extent of what God wants you, wants for you. You will be limited by your own human abilities. You think about David in the Old Testament. If David was only depending upon his own powers and abilities, he never would have faced the giant Goliath. There's no way a little skinny kid, a little skinny shepherd, uh, who can't even wear armor and pick up a sword, there's no way he can go out and fight a giant and beat Goliath. 
but he stepped out there anyway because he wasn't depending only upon his own abilities or even the army of Israel that was there. Who was he depending on? He was depending on God who can do anything. Even make a skinny little kid with a few stones and a sling defeat a mighty giant warrior. And in our life, if we're only ever depending on what we can do, that's only what we'll get. But God is calling us to put our faith in him. And when we put our faith in a big God, all things are possible. We can step out and do more than we could just do on our own or even with the help of a few other people around us. God can do anything through us. In the Old Testament, God reassured his people that you are not alone. He said in Isaiah chapter 41.10, do not be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. You are not alone. In the New Testament, Jesus reassured his followers that he was with them. He gave them quite an overwhelming task. He says, I want you to go out into all the world and make disciples of all nations. He didn't say, I want you to go to your own family. I don't, he didn't just say, I want you to go out into your own neighborhood. He said, I want you to go into the whole world and make disciples. And I can imagine those disciples thinking, how in the world? But he said to them, be sure of this. I am with you always even to the end of the age. See, they weren't going out to do it on their own. And it's interesting, he says, I will be with you even to the end of the age. Well, those 12 disciples are not here anymore. We are here now. And Jesus is still with us, helping us as we go out to do his work to make disciples of all nations. So we see that God is with us in the midst of, of everything we face in life. And Hebrews, in the 12th chapter, in the first verse, it gives even more encouragement to those who have faith. Hebrews 12:1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. You are not alone in your fear or in life struggles or victories. All of the famous heroes of the Bible that the 11th chapter of Hebrews names, all of them, surrounds you as a cloud of witnesses cheering you on. Not only that, you think about David is there who defeated Goliath and Abraham is there and, and Noah and all of those famous people, they are cheering for you. Not only them, but your friends and loved ones who trusted in Christ and who have died and who've gone on to be with him they are cheering for you too. You are surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses in the life of faith who are rooting for you. 
So do not be afraid. God is with you. His faithful people are with you too. As we come to the conclusion of our message today, I want us to do an exercise together. And I want you to close your eyes for this because you won't need them. Some things in life you cannot see with your physical eyes. You have to see them with your faith. And so as we close our eyes, I want you to imagine that great cloud of witnesses that is surrounding us, that is full of all of those people that we've read about and learned about in Sunday school, people that we look up to and imagine as being such giants in the story of our faith, and yet they are rooting for you, encouraging you, and along with them are also all of those people in your life, those loved ones who believed in Christ and trusted in him, and they are cheering for you too. And you can think of so many different people, so many different names, Hayden Wagers and Don Douglas and Sarah Brooker and Joe Marlowe and Don Ward. And the list could go on and on and on of people from right here in this congregation that are there with Christ in glory now, but they are cheering for you. They are on the other side of the trials and the difficulties that you are facing now. They know about the fear and the, the apprehension that you have for what you are facing now. But they also have been through it and they know that you can make it through and that there is something better waiting for you on the other side of your fear. And so they come to be with you and to comfort you and to encourage you and to cheer you on with Christ as you face what you need to face today. And they are so proud of you. And know that God in Jesus is with you too. He is not angry. He is not disappointed. He loves you. He loves you so much that he died for you. And he says, come to me. You who are weary and carrying a heavy burden, give it to me. I offer rest for your weary soul. I have something better for you. It isn't hard to carry, and you don't have to carry it alone. I will walk with you, and I will help you, and I will be with you even to the end of the age. And all these saints around you will be there too, cheering you on. And there will be many Christians in this world, in this life, who will help you too. Because my church, in my church, we are a family. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you are not alone. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. May your faith this morning help you to see that God is with you, that the communion of saints is with you, and that your church is with you. May it help you to be all that God wants you to be. In the name of Christ, amen.